0: Hello, and welcome to this special Earth Day episode of Low Season Traveller Insider Guides. I'm your host, Jed Brown, and I set up Low Season Traveller in order to promote and celebrate the world's natural, cultural, and historical destinations during their low seasons. These are the times when the impact from tourism is at its lowest, the crowds are absent, And in some way we can contribute to an easing of peak season over-tourism which has taken a grip of many destinations around the world including Venice, Barcelona, Dubrovnik, Iceland, Edinburgh, Hawaii and many more. Destinations like the tiny mountain kingdom of Bhutan in the Himalaya are leading the way on responsible and effectively managed tourism. In the Bhutan podcast two weeks ago, we learned more about how they're limiting and managing tourism, as well as how they measure the success of their country, not by its GDP, but by its gross national happiness. And this is not a gimmick, it's real and it's working. In the coming weeks, we'll be speaking with the Seychelles Tourism Board. This is another small destination that is acutely aware of the delicate balance they must find between tourism dollars and protecting one of the most precious and biodiverse destinations in the world. If you haven't yet heard of Aldebra, give it a Google search. There is literally nowhere like it on Earth. So for this week's special Earth Day episode, we wanted to let you know about another island destination which is making unique and unprecedented efforts to preserve its natural wonders. The Faroe Islands are located midway between Scotland and Iceland. They have more sheep than people living on them, and they are regarded by many as Western Europe's last true wilderness. They've also recently made the decision to close to all visitors next weekend on the 26th and 27th of April in order to maintain the natural beauty of the islands. The governing bodies in the Faroe Islands have recognized the inherent risk of over-tourism when you're a small island destination. So they've decided to close to tourism for a full weekend and instead they've invited 100 or so volunteers from all over the world to join the locals in maintenance projects on the islands. The Faroe Islands are famously unspoiled, unexplored and unbelievable but the Faroese recognise that in order to protect and preserve both their natural and cultural assets, they need to carefully manage their tourism offering. I caught up with Johan Pauli Helgesen, who's the Development Director at Visit Faroe Islands, to learn more about the islands and also about their efforts to preserve this unique destination. Good morning Johan, how are you today? Hey, good morning. Great to have you here with us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Nice to be here. Very good. And I see there's a lovely view there behind you uh, on the video screen of, uh, of somewhere in the Faroe Islands, I guess.
1: Yeah, winter.
0: <laughs> winter in the Faroe Islands. So yeah. just at the outset, for our listeners, could you just give us a bit of an overview and an introduction to the Faroe Islands for those who may not be familiar with them?
1: Yes. Yes. The Faroe Islands are um, eighteen small islands uh, located in the middle of the North Atlantic, uh, about halfway between Scotland and Iceland. So uh, it's it's uh, quite far away from uh, from the mainland. It takes uh, around two hours to reach you know the, the nearest uh, big city. So um, so it's quite uh, quite. Uh, you know, it's an unreachable kind of, it has been, but, uh, but now it's, it's changing. And, but it's a small community, it's about 50,000 people live there, uh, and uh, all 18, except oh, 17 islands are inhabited, um, and uh, we have uh, more sheep than people, <laughs> 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 7,000 uh, sheep, and uh, a lot of birds. That's, those are kind of our inhabitants. Uh, and now it's, uh, you know, more and more becoming a, a tourist uh, destination as well. So we have around 100,000 tourists a year, but it is it is um, it is an, uh, it's a part of Denmark, kind of, it's, it's a part of the Danish kingdom, but it is a separate nation with the, our own language and history and to a large extent uh, self-governing as well. We have our own parliament and uh, yeah, our own prime minister and our own, uh, you know, uh, all legislative powers. It's almost it's all areas except um, police and the judicial system still Danish, but but the rest is uh, more or less on Faroe's hands.
0: And when we when, when you uh, mentioned yeah. there about the um, about the prime minister, um, I was reading recently that your prime minister is listed in the telephone directory, which I thought was wonderful. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that that might be so. Yeah, he probably is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just I just thought that was wonderful because there's not many prime ministers or presidents that would be listed in telephone directories. But...
1: No, <laughs> that's true. You can say all each individual has. Uh, you know, it's that important that every every time one uh, a person dies in the Faroe Islands, it's it's read up in the radio news. Uh, really? So it's kind of uh, how that that says a bit about how small it is.
0: In terms of their history, how long have the Faroe Islands been inhabited?
1: Yeah, it is since it's, our history dates back to the Viking era, and uh, a bit before that, there were um, uh, Irish monks that inhabited uh, the islands. So, so it is around you know I don't know 600, 700 ish around that were the first inhabitants. Uh, here. So so you're Irish, really. Yeah, I think when you look at the DNA of uh, of uh, various people, uh, the men, the, the male genes, uh, they from from Norway or you know the the Scandinavian, and the female are kind of more Celtic. Uh, so uh, yeah, probably because they went to you know Scotland Ireland to. Plunder and take women up here.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, that's that was the yeah. Viking way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you've you've got so there's 18 islands that comprise the Faroe Islands, and you were saying that 17 of them are inhabited.
1: Yeah. What's wrong with the other one? Yeah, it's a really small island, right. uh, very steep. Uh, nobody has ever lived there. So, so yeah, that's because it's very unpractical to live on that island.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the faroe islands are located kind of midway between scotland and iceland now i'm right in saying that you are in the middle of the the gulf stream as well right
1: yes that's
0: true so it's quite you have quite mild generally speaking quite mild weather as a result of that
1: yeah it's not uh, it's it's quite stable St- stable autumn weather all year round kind of <laughs> autumn <laughs> spring yeah it's it's uh, it's around you know 10 15 degrees uh, down to zero. So it's, it's, it's never 30 degrees here or minus 10, you know. Yeah. It's around, yeah, it's a stable temperature and, and very rich with, uh, you know, bird, bird and fish life uh, because of the, uh, the good uh, sea conditions uh, yeah. for, for animal life,
0: yeah. I heard someone say recently that, um, that the Faroe Islands can be considered as, as one of the last great wildernesses of Europe. Is that something that is is kind of reflected in the types of tourism which you're getting to the Faroe Islands?
1: Yeah, I suppose it is. Uh, of course, people come here first and foremost because of our nature. We 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 don't have any uh, other attractions, you could say. It's it's uh, animal life and nature and peace and quietness. Yeah. Uh, and 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 someone said that the attraction is that there is no attraction. You know, <laughs> it's kind of uh, yeah. So I think a lot, lots of people come here to enjoy, yeah, to enjoy that nature. And it's, I think, our slogan, uh, you know, unspoiled, unexplored, unbelievable. Is that is from um, it generates from from tourists own, uh, uh, yeah, words. Yeah. So, so people experience Fair Fair Islands to be like that uh, still. So, and it is an untouched spot in Europe you could say yeah. yeah
0: and in terms of the things to do you know i guess it's a lot of uh, bird watching trekking biking what, what kind of what kind of activities are there i guess it's very much outdoor based obviously
1: yeah it's very much outdoor based uh, you know the nature experiences you can you can of course hike and you can you can um, go with boats out fishing uh, And things like that Uh, but also uh, these you know kind of intimate cultural experiences we have uh, for example we have uh, special um, regulations when it comes to uh, restaurants Uh, people can open their own home restaurant without you know authorities um, (laughs) yeah it's not it's not there's no strict regulations on that area so so people can have kind of uh airbnb or uh, or a home restaurant so it's uh more uh, yeah when, when when you come to fair Islands as a tourist you can enter people's homes in that way and have a like a home meal and or a home concert which is kind of a, 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 yeah a special co- cultural you could say experience that is hard to get elsewhere.
0: Absolutely, I think it's, it's, it's that it's that interaction with the locals which um, I know certainly a lot of generally low season travellers. That's that's what they're really seeking, and that's why they tend to travel in the low seasons because they want that that interaction with the people of the destination. So it's almost like there's there's two two, two separate sides to this type of tourism, which is the destination itself, as in you know that the land and, and everything that there is to do there. But then also that the people is a, is a key part of it in the culture, and people want to yeah. understand that more. Tell us a little bit about the Faroese what are you what are you guys like culturally
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's always easy to ask a foreigner how we're like because if we, if we have to describe ourselves yeah like like you said before the interview it may, may be a bit reserved in the beginning, but uh, I think I think uh, I think most would say that we're very welcoming and friendly people. Too, once you've started broken the ice, you could yeah. say uh, you could not. You 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 won't expect people running over to 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 you and and start talking right away. It's, it's yeah, like more wait and see, and then yeah, but G- gently, think, gently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but gently. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. If, if, you 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 need to come and experience. <laughs> very good, very
0: good. Yeah. Now, t- I mean, in terms of in terms of the, I guess the sort of the the food as well. I mean, so the culture generally would be. I mean, would it be a, a a Scandi Nordic kind of culture generally speaking? And then also, you know, tell us a little bit about this. You know, about the food as well. Is that is that more influenced by Scandi Nordic kind of uh, cuisine?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course, I think we're more in the, in yeah, uh, it's, it's uh, you, you can notice that we're in a Scandinavian family. It's um, pretty much the same way of life uh, and all the institutions, the whole way, the, the way society is built up is in the Scandinavian model, you could say, and, uh, and also the school system. So that's also reflected in how we are as a people, of course. Um, and the, the cuisine is, 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 uh, yeah, this is Scandinavian inspired, uh, especially the new uh, new restaurants that come up. With, uh, this new Nordic cuisine has uh, come to the Faroe Islands, of course, and we have uh, these you know, Michelin uh, restaurants now, which build up built on the Faroe's traditional cuisine, but it's a Nordic it's inspired, you could say maybe more local than than other places because we have these special tastes and special food traditions that you don't have in the mainland uh, so so you get something else it's not uh, some, something very different than which people uh, travel you know from from around the world just to just to experience that uh, especially you know the fermented uh, tastes that we have here it's uh, the, the temperature, with, which we, you know, we talked about with the Gulf Stream, that makes a special air, you know, that uh, uh, you you can hang up fish and meat and just just ferment it without uh, any other. Uh, we have this, yeah. How to, how do I explain it? Actually, is is we have these drying houses. Each right. home has a drying house where you hang up your your uh, sheep meat and uh, and ferment or dry it. So that's kind of a local specialty. it's very special,
0: yeah. Once it's dried, you just eat it then raw, it's, it's not further cooked. So once no. it's dried, you eat it as it is.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, it's, it's just uh, air dried, uh, no smoking or, or cooked or anything, it's just dried, yeah.
0: Interesting. And in terms of getting to the Faroe Islands, again i think there's a there's a sort of a perception that you know the the faroe islands aren't easy to get to from the uk in particular so how do we get to the faroe islands
1: yeah either either you can um, uh, there's a flight from edinburgh edinburgh to to the faroe islands or you need to go to uh, if you're in london for example it will probably be easiest to to go to copenhagen first and then there's a direct flight from there okay yeah.
0: so SA, sas flight pretty regular i guess
1: yeah, the SAS and our local airline, uh, Atlantic Airways. Yeah. yeah.
0: Obviously, we have to talk about seasonality. Um, yeah. we, okay. we talked about this briefly just before the interview. Um, so, obviously, we focus very much on the low season. In terms of tourism in the Faroe Islands, are there very clearly defined high seasons, low seasons, shoulder seasons, or is it a fairly even split?
1: No, it is. Uh, it, it we have a, we have a high season, which is in the summer months, uh, from May to September. Kind, of, you know, that's that's the high season. Um, so so we we have a lot of focus on you know spreading out the, the season. So so because it has been a hard time for the tourist industry in the Faroe Islands because it has been so small, get the you know financially sustainable. It's a, it hasn't been. Uh, enough tourists to 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 make a living from it uh, all year so so that's that's a focus here um, to have a more evenly spread tourist stream uh yeah definitely uh, i think uh, and, and we do that for example by focusing on the kind of mice segments and you know having having more uh, conferences and uh, and things like that coming up to the in the winter months but also, we see tourists now in a higher degree coming in the winter months. That's that's something you didn't see at all a few years ago. So it's changing slowly.
0: There's still, there's still just as much to do in the in the in the winter months and in the in the autumn and spring. I mean, are they good times to come? I know that clearly peak season is like you were saying, sort of you know May through till you know end of August, beginning of September. Those kind of shoulder seasons. Um, just sort of, you know, October, November, maybe March, April kind of time. Are they a good time to be in the Faroe Islands? And how does the experience differ from during the peak season?
1: Yeah, of course, in the peak season, in the summer months, uh, what is special when you visit a country which lies uh, far up north is that it's uh, light. You know, we have all these light uh, days. It's, it's light. There's no, there are no nights. So that's kind of a special thing, and everything is so green and uh, and beautiful, of course. but in the winter you know you have this uh, kind of more uh, um, extreme weather conditions which uh, attract some people that you know you can you really uh, feel the elements of the nature and and uh, and also you know hunting season, you know things like that you can. You can come out in a different way, in into the nature and experience it in a different way, uh, more the, kind of the roughness of the nature, you could say. And then culture-wise, you have these more. It's we we spend a lot of time inside uh, during those months, of course. So you have, um, yeah, you have you have these o- other cultural events uh, in the winter months, which which you don't have in the summer. So, um, so that's that's kind of yeah the thing and 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 food wise as well when you harvest uh, of course, when you have when you slaughter the, the sheep and you have all these uh, these food traditions uh, as well so yeah man probably more cultural experiences you could say they're not uh, festivals and stuff like that in the winter, of course yeah
0: but pro- probably better for interacting with uh, the local community i guess during those seasons yeah. because there aren't as many tourists as well hey
1: yeah yeah yeah. Yes. Exactly. And uh, you'll have a much easier time finding uh, the accommodation you want and all of that. Uh, so yeah, definitely.
0: The next thing that I'd like to speak with you about, Johan, is um, you know the, the the reason that you really came to my attention was um, I saw via via LinkedIn uh, your colleague Levi had had posted up this uh, this campaign where the Faroe Islands is being closed. For maintenance and I was absolutely intrigued by this so just for for our listeners who may not be aware so we're, we're recording this on the 15th of April and it's on the 26th and 27th of April the Faroe Islands officially closes for maintenance tell us a little bit about this why is it closing for maintenance and what what's it all about
1: yeah um, it is it is it started as an idea because uh, Visit islands has just uh, went, gone through an, uh, or, an organizational shift from a marketing distant, you know, marketing organization to a management organization. So, and that's because of uh, of growing tourism and uh, increased need to uh, to uh, to develop our destination. You know, the infrastructure, you know, uh, that that services the whole tourism industry. Uh, we haven't really had any tourism here, so this is all new. We need to build up a lot of things: paths, you know, signage, information, all of that. So, how do we do that when we when you start from scratch and you already have have places that are worn from a lot of uh, uh, traffic? Uh, so, so that that's kind of uh, the the. Uh, yeah, that, that was the situation and, uh, and we thought, how do we, uh, how do we combine man- marketing and development and, and we came up with, with this idea of, uh, of closing these, uh, these sites, uh, the, the, the highlights, you could say, of the Faroe Islands for, for maintenance and inviting tourists to come, come help us maintain these areas. So it's not Faroe Islands as a whole that closes for maintenance, which some people might think, but it's uh, it's these um, these uh, destinations, you know, inside the Faroe Islands, which will be closed for a weekend. Um, so we 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 invited people to come. We will uh, provide them food and uh, and, uh, and accommodation, uh, but they need to pay for their tickets themselves. And we we thought in the beginning it would be my you know, kind of far fetched. Will anyone pay you know to come here for you know work for free kind of? But uh, after a few days, there were thousands of people that, that signed up. So it's, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, it was a it was a success in that way. But now now we're very excited to see how it's going to go. You know, do the actual projects and and we're very. Excited about that of course.
0: The volunteers which are coming along to help uh, in the next two weeks, um, so they're going to be working hand-in-hand hand with the local population on these yeah. sort of tori- to- tourism hotspots as well within um, the Faroe Islands,
1: right? Yeah, yes and they will uh, sleep and eat locally as well and these, these ten places um, are, are scattered actually around the whole Faroe Islands so we have we've tried to pick spots that are so the whole the whole country is represented yeah
0: that's fantastic what an incredible opportunity for people to really feel that they get under the skin of the faroe islands and really yeah. mix in with the local community i mean i can absolutely believe that you would be overrun with people
1: wanting to wanting to come and yeah. help really. yeah and that, probably because that is a global tendency now, that people really want to travel. Huh? That they want to travel and, uh, and uh, make a, you know, how do you say, make some work, and leave something behind, just, not just come and then go again. So that's maybe something that other countries should think about. It's, it's a, maybe a new form of uh, tourism that is growing.
0: Mm. Absolutely. And I think it's, as yeah. you say, people want to leave a, a positive legacy behind. And I think yes. that people are more considered about the impact as a tourist that they have yeah. on destinations. And therefore, if they can still travel and get to experience different parts of the world, but contribute something positively so that mm. their visit has left a, a positive sort of imprint. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's the, that's, the, that's the perfect solution. And that's what we see. I think it's brilliant as well that a small country like the Faroe Islands is leading the way on this because it's, yeah. it's, such, it's such a great idea and like you were saying you know I don't know why more destinations don't do similar kinds of campaigns for want of a better word um, because it's, it's just such a brilliant idea really really fantastic
1: yeah we, we, we were surprised that it went that well but uh but yeah, we think we, of we think of, uh, we think of uh, making this an annual event and maybe you know expanding it gradually, so it's going to be bigger and bigger each year. and we already have hundreds of people that have signed up for the next year, so
0: it's tremendous
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it's going, it's going to be very exciting. the most important thing, yeah. of course, is that we we get things done, you know. Sure. That is not uh, a gimmick. You know, we we we're very focused now on on uh, getting real and good projects. So so we act, yeah. We fix things with these uh, campaigns.
0: Mm. Just on that, will there be a a sort of a set of deliverables which will be posted up on the on the website afterwards as to what was achieved?
1: Yeah. Yes, and uh, we we have we, we will have like a second run with the marketing part of it of, uh, as well, uh, where we where we gonna tell tell the world what what came out of it kind of yeah. So uh, of course we hope uh, we hope it's going to be yeah successful projects and we have a we have confidence in what that's going to be. It looks good uh, now. So and we're closing. It's only ten days before. Yeah of
0: yeah mm-hmm. very good well look i wish you every success with that for people who want to follow up on this and find out uh, what's happening in the faroe islands on the 26th and 27th and in fact what was what was achieved afterwards they go to uh, visitfaroeislands.com is that correct yeah
1: yes oh, you, 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 we will post uh, updates on our webpage yeah visitfaroeislands.com Perfect. Well,
0: I'll post all of the links onto the description on the podcast, and um, obviously, I look forward to to catching up on it myself and making sure that I'm sharing it out as well with with all of our listeners. Um, but I just want to thank you so much, Johan, for taking the time to speak with us today and for helping us to learn a little bit more about the Faroe Islands uh, in general, about the people of the Faroe Islands, the culture. What we can do on the Faroe Islands, and um, and these you know incredible steps that you're taking to preserve this last great wilderness of Europe. Um, really appreciate you spending the time with us. Thank you so much, Johan. Yeah, well, thank you. And that's a wrap. Huge thanks to Johan for sharing his insights with us, and if you'd like to follow the progress of the Closed for Maintenance Faroe Islands project, head over to visitfaroeislands.com, and you can also see our articles and videos on the Faroe Islands at lowseasontraveler.com. Thanks a million for your company again today, and as always, if you've got any feedback or if there's a destination that you'd like to see featured in this series, please email us at lowseasontraveller at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it and tell your friends and social networks. Look out for the next episode on iTunes, or even better, subscribe and receive it automatically. It's free for everyone, as we believe that travel is better without the crowds.